Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of Almost Somebody Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Allen. If you're new here, you can call me LA. If you're not new here, welcome back to the podcast that reminds you that even if you're waiting on something, a job, a spouse, the world to stop being on fire, you are not almost somebody, but you're already somebody unconditionally loved by God exactly where you are. And it's my hope for you that this podcast provides tools, wisdom, and encouragement from the stories of others to help you take your next right step in what it looks like to live a life on purpose. She's a health and mindset coach. She's a fellow podcaster, former nurse, friend to all uh you might see her walking around like austin around town literally a friend to everybody i know welcome to the podcast you're so sweet thanks for having me of course thanks for being here so to open the podcast i love speaking some life into all of our guests uh, because i wouldn't have my friends on here if i didn't think they weren't the perfect example of someone that is already somebody and embraces where they're at and just leaves people feeling better so my favorite thing about you so much right now because like I literally feel like that's one of the best compliments I've ever gotten. Okay, so Heather, question of the podcast. What did you want to be when you grew up? I really wanted to be a journalist when I was a teenager, and I also kind of wanted to be like a private detective. Ooh. I love like mystery novels. I love like solving mysteries or puzzles. I think both of those jobs represent that I'm very interested in finding the truth. Ah, yes. Which is also what led me down my spiritual journey to ultimately becoming a Christ follower was just my pursuit of the truth and trying to understand the nature of the universe and where all this came from and what's going on. Um, So I think that that is a driving force for me in life is the pursuit of truth. Okay, we will definitely hop into more of your faith journey. Excited for that. But how do you see this pursuit of truth played out in your life? I also love to teach. So like mm-hmm. as a nutritionist and nutrition coach, I focus a lot on the knowledge aspect of nutrition. So I have a whole online curriculum that's built out and I'd love to teach and I love to educate. And I think that goes along with the fact that I've personally experienced that knowledge is power. Like mm-hmm. when I didn't have the right nutrition knowledge, I've struggled with my body. And then mm-hmm. when I unlocked the right nutrition knowledge, I was able to get results. And I feel like I've had that experience in multiple areas of my life, so I think I do probably relate to knowledge being an access to performing in life. Absolutely. Could not agree more. I definitely always want to push to inform, engage, and inspire because I, too, believe that we can do more when we know more. So thanks for sharing that. Also, let's hop into your faith journey. How do we see this seeking for knowledge played out in your relationship with Christ? raised an atheist. I was like a hardcore atheist as a teenager and I didn't, wasn't interested in God, wasn't really interested in pursuing anything spiritual all through my twenties. And then in my early thirties, I was just struggling in life. You know, let's be real. Mm -hmm. I was like drinking too much. I was having promiscuous sex. I was, you know, going into debt. I just wasn't Mm -hmm. living on a true path and, um, I wasn't fulfilled in life and I would anyone have known that about you at the time probably not I probably from the outside looked like I had it pretty together I mm-hmm. was going to nursing school at that time but I was kind of leading like a secret life I would say mm-hmm. um, where I was engaging in behaviors that now I know are like sinful behaviors I mean I think that's incredibly relatable to so many people uh, when was the moment that you feel you really saw God for who he is 
I started to receive messages from God that my sexuality was sacred. Wow. And I was like, this is weird. Like, this is clearly not what, like... That's an intrusive thought. Yeah, that's an intrusive thought that doesn't line up with what the culture's taught me about my sexuality. Yeah. So it started to lead me down this path of seeking. My mom describes me as a seeker. Okay. And I relate to that. And so I checked out a Bible from the library. I was like, what's this book? Maybe I should check it out. And I went to a church and then I went to another church and then I started chatting with women I worked with who were believers and then I started reading more books and my path to faith required me engaging in logical um, kind of arguments for God. Mm -hmm. So like more of like uh, mere Christianity, the reason for God by Tim Keller. I needed to like go through some of these more like rigorous intellectual proofs of God, so to speak, Um, that that knowledge helped me then have like faith. Mm. So again, knowledge gave seeking, me, seeking yeah. gave me access to a whole new life in faith. Gosh, thank you for sharing your story with us. It's so beautiful to see how God pursued you. God pursues, mm-hmm. and God kept pursuing me. And so about a year ago, I really had like that spiritual 180 again, where I was like, oh, I'm at rock bottom. Like mm-hmm. life without God does not work. Ooh, your last point there is so uncomfortable to us as humans. Life without God doesn't work. I had a similar moment about two years ago where I realized that my plans no longer included what God wanted for me. It was it was just not working quite like it used to. Um, and it totally recentered my life. So I'd love to hear more from you on what do you mean by that? That life without God doesn't work. Will we all hit rock bottoms? Like, what does that look like? we almost can rationalize that we don't need God. Like, why yeah. do we need God? Like, mm-hmm. I have a, com- a beautiful home and I have We serve care. as our own gods. Yeah, yeah. like, I don't, I don't need God. And so I think rock bottoms are super powerful because they mm-hmm. humble you and they make you realize that despite all of the trappings and quote-unquote blessings of the modern Western world, you're actually, like, spiritually completely in a like mm-hmm. you are bank- spiritually bankrupt yeah and so then that realization that rock bottom like even if you've got food in the fridge and a designer couch and money in your 401k realizing you're spiritually bankrupt yeah is a rock bottom that then directs you to but we also have to be willing to like turn to god and say okay like i believe i i believe in you and I'll take your hand. I'll take your hand. So I think that that realization, going through rock bottoms has been really powerful for me in all areas of my life. Okay, so after these rock bottom moments, God has really just helped your life flourish. Uh, What are you doing now? I'd love to hear more about what you do day to day and a little bit more about your story. Nurse by trade. I actually went back to school when I was 31, I think, 31. Yeah, 31 to become a nurse. And then, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, I was 29, 30, something like that. And then I was a nurse for six years, and I actually was going through my own struggle with my body at that time. I kept gaining and losing the same 10 to 20 pounds, Mm -hmm. and I just was really frustrated. And while I was working as a nurse, I actually joined a CrossFit gym, and I didn't really know what I was getting into, but I drove by this gym that was near my house, and I did two free classes, fell in love with it. And over the course of a year, I lost weight, but I also lost muscle. I lost three pounds of muscle. I'm a petite person, so that wasn't something that I wanted to lose for both my body composition goals and my longevity goals Mm -hmm. and being strong. 
and it sent me down this path of learning about nutrition and I tried eating like my friend who had 60% body fat. She ate pizza and ice cream but worked out all the time and she looked shredded. Yep. Didn't work for me. I gained the fat. I gained yep. 10 pounds of fat in three months. And at that point, I hit my nutrition rock, rock bottom. bottoms. We rock love bottom. them. <laughs> and I hired a nutrition coach and that coach taught me about macro counting, which I had never done before. And it transformed my body. In three months, I lost nine pounds of fat, gained a pound of muscle, but I got super strong in the gym despite losing weight on both body weight lifts like pull-ups, handstand push-ups, also all of my exercises like back squat, clean and jerk, and, and snatch, and deadlift. So I was like, oh, I cracked the nutrition code. Mm -hmm. And basically, I got certified in nutrition. I hired myself as my own nutritionist. Yes. And then people <laughs> at my gym started noticing and asking me what I was doing. And I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm just managing my own nutrition. I got certified. And the light bulb went off that maybe I could coach others in nutrition when I had a conversation with a girl at my gym. She told me how much she was paying her current nutrition coach. And I was like, oh, that's double what I make as a nurse per hour, I bet I could do this. That girl ended up actually becoming a client of mine and working with me a few times. I pitched my first client at the end of May 2017. My first client was actually a guy. I only work with women now, but my first client was a guy. And he signed up, lost 40 pounds you know, in six months. And within two months, I had 16 clients. And within like three more, four more months, I was full-time in my business and quit nursing. Okay, I am always impressed with a bold move or pivot or switch in someone's career and life. And you, it obviously worked out well for you, but I'm so curious for those listening, what did it feel like in the beginning? I mean, you said you did this in your 30s. Like, what? Like jumping off a cliff. Okay. Especially because I was not connected to God at that time. I was going to ask, where's the overlap yeah. of like my body? I had come to faith. I got baptized when, in 2014. Okay. But then I had, in 2015, first of all, I was still engaging in sin, even mm -hmm. though I'd been baptized. I didn't really understand sin. Yeah. Or like, it just was like not confronting it. And so, people who've been in the faith their whole lives don't fully understand sin right. too. So yeah. Yeah. And so I had turned away from the path. So at that point, I've been two years kind of, oh, I call it being in the wilderness in Deuteronomy 8, mm. which really resonates for me. God talks about like, I led you through the wilderness yes. to like test you and see what was in your heart. And mm. I turned 40 last year and I truly feel like I've been in the wilderness like until now like wow. even though i came to faith in 2014 i don't really feel like i was truly connected to god mm -hmm. until now and so um that really resonated for me when i read that passage and so i was in the wilderness for a few years in the ditch you yep. know kind of chopping through things uh chopping through the bush and trying to get back to the path but i was doing my business all on my own which is feels real scary when mm -hmm. you're like oh it's just me but it was also exhilarating and I had done things responsibly financially. So when I left nursing, I had quite a bit of runway in my business mm -hmm. to pay myself. I lived very minimally below my means. I didn't have children. I, I didn't have a ton of expenses. My mortgage was like $1,300 a month, which is like crazy. That's wild. In Austin. Yeah, it was like super, super chill mortgage. <laughs> Less than my rent now. But so mm -hmm. I, I was like, okay, financially. Austin. But it was, it was scary, but exciting. Okay, at that time, did you feel like starting your business became your identity at all? Yes, and that was a big problem, actually, because yeah. it 
I fell into severe workaholism mm. because I didn't have God. I abandoned many of my relationships. I basically worked all the time and started chasing money. Mm. And God says, you know, I love this from Proverbs, but it's give me neither poverty nor wealth. Mm. Feed me with the food I need. Otherwise, I might have too much and deny you saying, who is the Lord? And that was me. Like, yeah. I, I had too much. And I, I had no need for God. I had all this money. Mm-hmm. But I was slowly falling into the wreckage of, of my own conceit. Mm-hmm. And I moved myself to Hawaii, which was amazing in many ways, but it was actually extremely isolating and lonely. And I started to have depression. I even had suicidal thoughts mm. um, during that year twice. And I finally sought some help to be like, okay, what's going on? And while I think like there's biological reasons for depression that totally can be helped with medicine, I tried medicine for a year and it did nothing. It was like, I wasn't suicidal anymore, but that, that medicine just never helped. And it was actually when I started spending two hours a morning with God in prayer and Bible and therapy, I had a really great Christian therapist Mm. working through my anxiety because my anxiety was actually worse than my depression. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I started really developing myself spiritually I started to come out of that so that's kind of a long answer to your question of like did your identity become work yes it did and that's a very dangerous trap to fall into wow um your story is powerful and I'm so thankful that you have been vulnerable to share it on here and share more about what it was like in Hawaii because I I don't think that you're alone in that um and in those lower moments, it's really powerful to hear someone uh, say that two hours with God is actually what changed their life, along with therapy and all the things. But I think it's a big uh, a big push right now for positive affirmations, um, which I think words of affirmations are great. Um, but to hear you share more on kind of the depths that you were in and that something surface level really wasn't helping and that you needed more, you needed connection to God is just so, so powerful. So as a coach and someone that helps people with mindset and body positivity and all these things, I'm very curious personally, how do you feel about affirmations? Yeah, great question. And you're right. If you, you know, in the kind of modern mindset world, there's a lot of like, rah, 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 like set your affirmations, set your intent. Faith challenges that because we're both, we're both like full of dignity given by God, but we're also full of depravity Mm -hmm. from our sinful nature. Right. And so acknowledging like I am both like fully dignified as a human and like fully sinful as a human is a truth that I ground myself in. So I can still be like, I'm enough. I'm worthy. I'm loved by God. Mm. Like I've, I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. I can be like, I am loving. I am caring. Like I'm practicing gentleness and patience today. Like I can yes. still use affirmations, but then I think where affirmations miss the point is they don't want to acknowledge the sin mm-hmm. that is inside of us. So then on on top of affirmations, I'll also be confessing my sin as I notice it. Yes. Like, oh, there was like a bit of slander in that comment I made. I could have said things a little bit differently. It wasn't horrible slander, but like, oh, I actually do see that now, God. Yeah. Thank you for showing me that. Okay, Heather, I am curious how you balance your days because this podcast is all about helping people live a life on purpose. And a lot of these realizations that I feel like you've shared about God and life and yourself. You don't just come to these out of the blue, living a life that 
you aren't being intentional about. I know because I'm your friend, but I also think that you structure your days very intentionally as well. Um, and that helps you overall as a human. So please share with us, what is your daily routine? Every morning I wake up, I do the same thing. I tend to wake up quite early actually between 4.30 and 5. Just that's how my body wakes me up. And I used to lay in bed and have worsening anxiety because I felt like I should be asleep. And then I just lay there and my head would start spinning. So I've learned to just get up when I wake up. I just Mm -hmm. get up out of bed and I make myself a cup of tea. I always start with ginger lemon tea with fresh lemon juice. And uh, pro tip, just buy like organic lemon juice in a bottle from like Santa Cruz Organics is my favorite brand. And then you never have to squeeze lemons. It's so convenient. And then I make a big thing of lemon water. So I have my tea, my lemon water, and I light a candle sometimes or some incense and I put on relaxing, quiet music and I get on my couch. I open my blinds, get on my couch in my cozy spot and I journal. I have, I do a couple journal things. I have the High Performance Planner by Brendan Bruchard, which is amazing. And that helps me organize my day, my week and my month, both business and personal. It doesn't, it's not where I like plan my occasions. I use Google Calendar for any like commitments, but it Mm -hmm. helps me give like a broad overview um, and intention setting Mm -hmm. and like kind of what I'm focused on. So I do that journal and then I pull out my Bible. I usually read the Proverbs that correspond to the day, like work on maybe a passage I'm memorizing. I read a devotional from New Morning Mercies by Paul Tripp. Paul David Tripp. I haven't heard that. That's yeah, fun. it's great. And then I read a little bit of C.S. Lewis. He also has a uh, morning devotional that I'll read. All the knowledge. All the knowledge. Is, yeah. Um, sometimes I do a fear resolution exercise that my therapist gave me. Uh, that's a journal exercise to talk to God. I'll do a little prayer. Um, at that point, I usually eat a little breakfast. So I eat two breakfasts, like a pre-workout and a post-workout. So mm-hmm. I'll have a little breakfast. And then by 8 a.m. I'm or earlier, I'm getting my body moving. So I love to do a little bit of yoga every day, 10 to 30 minutes. And then I typically like to do weights. So I'll do like 15 to 30 minute weight workout, either upper body or lower body. I'll just like alternate them so we can train regularly. And then I always go for an hour walk by the lake every single morning. That is like a non-negotiable for me. And that has been so good. I will listen to a book on tape or a book on tape. I dated myself. A book on tape. A book on tape. I am. Date yourself a little bit there with the book on tape. Uh, I'm also intrigued to what you're doing in your spiritual life and your spiritual routine. Also been working on memorizing scripture. That's one of my goals for 2020. Audiobook and or a podcast, but usually an audiobook or worship music. I also have a positive mm. morning wake up playlist that I, I listen that. to. I come home, I shower, I eat my second breakfast. I always get dressed and put on makeup, even though I just work from home because it makes me feel my best self. And then I sit down and I work and that's, that's kind of my routine. And if we look at mind, body, spirit in that, you can see like I'm spending time with God, nurturing Mm -hmm. spirit. I'm moving my body. God made us physical creatures in reality. God loves matter. He invented matter. So like we are physical creatures. We're a human body, a spirit inside a human body. So we're this amazing like combination of spirit and human form. Well, then if you're challenged uh, in a, in a moment, you can like instantly pull that mm-hmm. scripture up. So like for me, sometimes I struggle with like reactivity or irritability with people, which is really just anger, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, they're different expressions of anger. And so I've 
been memorizing first or Colossians three one through seventeen, mm. and and so it's like therefore God's chosen ones, holy and loved, put on heartfelt compassion, mm. kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and so like I will recite that to myself day oh, like throughout my day as I navigate experiences with other human beings. Yeah, right because you. It's easy to be compassionate when you don't have to actually interact with another human being. Yeah. Right? It's easy to not get angry when you don't have to actually interact with anybody. Mm-hmm. But when you're now... It just read those verses and be like, yeah, that sounds totally. nice. Yeah. yeah. Like, compassionate. Yeah. Kindness and mercy. Right. But like when you're actually... Was I compassionate when in that friendship yeah. confrontation? Right. Or, yeah. Like, what, am I being patient with my boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Like, am I being compassionate to what he's going through? Yeah. Like, am I being compassionate to my clients? Like, am I being gentle? Like, even it makes me think about being gentle with my cat. Yeah. I'm like, am I being gentle? And so it's just, it's like literally right at the, it's like right there, fingertips, mm-hmm. like at the edge of my tongue, I have scripture and it's the best gift ever. That's one, uh, first Timothy, I forget where it is in first Timothy, but the God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love and a sound mind has come up so much in my brain this last week just because it was it's a whole new thing like you can't open the bible and not get something new out of it like the word of god never returns void and Mm. it's just come up so much because i used to think some things about me was humility but it's actually timidity like it's actually there are times throughout my day or like even just wanting to share my faith more that i'm realizing oh like i have places to grow because Okay, well, Heather, this has been amazing. I love learning about you. I hope listeners have gained tools, wisdom, and encouragement to help them live a life on purpose. To close this out, I want to ask you one question. What do you feel that God is bringing you into in 2022 that's different than 2021? Love for others. I really love um, that. Love for God. Love, romantic love. You know, just like love and it's it's heart work right like god's been Mm -hmm. doing work on my heart and the external changes when the internal changes Mm -hmm. and we can be working on both at the same time but what i'm discovering is like really when my heart shifts the external things shift as well Okay, well, this is Laura from the future, and I have some exciting information that Heather's focus on love paid off. She is actually recently engaged now that this episode is coming out this week. She just got engaged, and we recorded this episode months ago. So I am so excited for Heather and Hunter. Congratulations to you both. And please look in the show notes for where you can connect with Heather. And if you want to be a client of hers, a friend of hers, Heather's amazing. And I'm so thankful she came on for this conversation. I'm so excited for them and their future marriage. And I hope this episode helped you gain tools, wisdom, and encouragement to live a life on purpose today and take your next right step. I'll see you guys in next week's episode.